praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, if you would go with me to Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Woo. Glory. Glory to God. What a God we serve. reminded sometimes that trial's long and you wonder Lord have you forgotten have you forgotten have you stopped here and he reassures us reminds us I have not forgotten and I have not overlooked in fact I'm working and you will be an overcomer saith the Lord amen hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord praise the Lord revelation 5 if you would verse number 1 we're going to read a few verses we're going to get a glimpse into heaven this morning exciting. Now the Apostle John is writing this and he writes verse number one, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals and I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside. And I wept and I wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. But then one of the elders, his crying was premature, then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See the lion, the tribe of Judah, the root of David. He has overcome. He has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders and the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes and which are the sevenfold spirit of God sent throughout the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne and when he had taken the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people. 
and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God people of every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, 10,000 upon 10,000. And they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them say, To him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and forever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. I want to talk this morning about worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. And our subject will be why we worship the Lord. Why we worship the Lord. It's a good question. Why we worship the Lord. And hopefully a glimpse into heaven will help us understand why it is proper and fitting that God's people praise him with all that is within them. Revelation chapter 5, we see the Apostle John. He's allowed a glimpse into heaven, and he sees the Almighty God on a throne. And in his hand, there is a seven-sealed scroll. It's the title deed for the earth. Now, as our chapter begins, we see all heaven is waiting, because no one is found worthy, good enough, to open the scroll. None of the mighty angels, not Gabriel, not Michael, none of the magnificent seraphs that worship holy, 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 none of the wonderful men of faith that have gone before the Abrahams or Moses or Paul. No one is worthy. And so John's eyes filled with tears because no one can be found worthy to save the earth. But then one of the elders steps forward, and he tells John there is one. There is one that is worthy. And he begins to describe him. And when that one is introduced, there is the most massive outpouring of praise in the history of the universe. Friend, I want you to know heaven is a place of worship. Get ready. If you plan on going, get ready. Heaven is a place of worship. And God's people will be worshiping him throughout eternity. And Jesus Christ alone is the object and the center of our song. Can you say amen? You know, there's such a contrast between how Jesus was and is, unfortunately, reviled on earth and how he is revered in heaven. Startling to say the least. He was crucified on earth, but now and forever he is magnified, greatly exalted in heaven. And it's the journey from the cross to the crown that is the theme of heaven's choir. See, heaven sings of the greatness and the worthiness, the preciousness of Jesus Christ. For all that he is and all that he has done. How he died for us. He shed his blood for us. How he purchased us for God. And that's why we sing this morning. That's why there's praise and worship. There's praise as we sing our songs. There's praise as we clap our hands. There's praise as we shout our shout and often weep our tears and raise our hands and bow our hearts. There's worship. Worship means to adore, to revere, to give glory, to bow before. Worthy means worth it. 
ascribing worth. When we see after they fell down before the Lamb in verse 9, they fell down and they said, For you are worthy because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men for God. They said, You are deserving. Friend, Jesus is deserving. Come on, say amen to that. Jesus is deserving. He's deserving of our song. He's deserving of our lives. He's deserving of our priority. Jesus Christ is worthy of it all. You know, biblical worship is simply our loving response to the worthiness and the greatness of God. It's our expression of gratitude for the goodness of God. And how many know God is good? Amen. He's done good things. Yeah, right? The good, good, good. It's our response. God for saving us, for forgiving us, for dying for us. He's healed many of us. He has worked his wonders in caring for many of us. It's pouring out of our hearts our appreciation, acknowledging and respecting and revering and honoring the true and living God, thanking him for who he is. He's holy and he's awesome and he's wonderful. And he is worthy. And for all that he has done, how he sent his son, how he shed his blood, how he's brought us so far, how he's opened our eyes to see his truth. It's a loving response to what he will do. Eternity awaits the child of God. Great things await those who love the Lord. Revelation 5 speaks to you and I this morning about why we worship and what should motivate us to worship. Verse 1, John sees something in heaven. It causes the aged apostle to weep. God the Father is holding a scroll. It's the title deed to the earth. It's the official document of the last days of human history. The redeeming and the retaking of the earth from evil. Dr. MacArthur writes this about this scene. The scroll that John saw in God's hand is the title deed to the earth, which he will give to Christ. But now, unlike other deeds, it does not describe in detail what he will inherit, but rather how he will regain his rightful inheritance. And as he opens the seals and you read the rest of the book of Revelation, you see everything that happens to bring Jesus back to his proper place and to overcome evil. We see in this chapter the only individual that has the right, the power, the only one worthy enough, the only one deserving enough that has authority to rule the earth is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will one day take back what is rightfully his from Satan the usurper and all the rebels, demonic and human. What a day that will be. So we see in verses 2 through 4, a mighty angel shouts, Who is worthy? And all creation is silent. John weeps. Who will rid the world of the evil and the sorrow and the corruption? Who will finally rid us of Satan and sin and sin's power and the curse of the fall? And then Revelation 5 and 5 introduces to you and I, Jesus Christ, as the earth's rightful ruler. He's pictured about to return to redeem the world from sin, Satan, death, and the curse. In verse 5, we see that John, his sorrow is eased as one of those elders comes and says, there is one who has triumphed, and there is one that has overcome. 
Weep not, child of God. There is a better day coming. Weep not, child of God. It won't always be like this. The world won't always be like this. The culture will not always be like this. There's another day coming. Jesus is returning. He will establish his kingdom. He will overthrow everything vile and wicked, oppressive and violent, and he will set up a kingdom of righteousness, peace, purity, joy forever and forevermore. The Bible teaches us here, it won't always be this way. There is one who will deliver us. There is one who will vanquish Satan and establish God's kingdom and reverse the curse. There is another world coming. The elder draws John's attention and our attention to a new person that's emerging on the scene of chapter 5, none other than the lion that is from the tribe of Judah. You see, no human, no angel can redeem the universe, but there is one that can, none other than the glorified and exalted Lord Jesus Christ. And it's because of his victory over death and all the powers of hell, because of his perfect obedience to the Father, he is found able and he is found worthy to do what no one else can do. Let us notice as we study, what do we learn here? Jesus is the center of attention in heaven. Let's get that straight. Come on. Every eye and every thought is upon him. He's the centerpiece of God's throne room. Why? Because he's triumphed. Why? Because he is worthy. And he's the only one. He's triumphed over sin, Satan, the second death. He's triumphed and he's able to open that scroll and to rescue mankind. Mm. Number one, we worship the Lord because of who he is. We worship the Lord Jesus because of who he is. Looking at verses 5 and 6, one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Sometimes our weeping is premature. God's not done yet. Go ahead and dry that tear. God's still at work. Go ahead. Take away that tear. God's going to work in your life, and that tear will turn to rejoicing and shouting. Come on, say amen. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. So this Bible says, do you love your Bible? Do you believe the Bible? Is this a Bible church? Now, hang in there. Hang in. You know, we even got Pentecostal traditions in the church. And one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Through the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he's triumphed. He's overcome. He's overcome. And he is able to open that scroll in his seven seals. He's able to reclaim the earth. He's able to overcome death, hell, and the grave and destroy Satan and establish a kingdom of righteousness. And then I saw, I looked, and there wasn't a lion. Instead, there was a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. If Jesus isn't at the center, something's wrong. And he needs to be at the center of our lives and our homes. Oh, glory be to God. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been seen standing at the center of the throne encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns, seven eyes, which are the sevenfold spirit of God that goes out into the earth. Oh, my, my, my. We worship the Lord Jesus because of who he is. See, Jesus is at the center of attention in heaven. And he should be at the center of attention in our lives and certainly in our services. He's described as the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root 
of David and the lamb that was slain. Three names for one person who is worthy to take that scroll from the hand of the Almighty. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. The image of a lion speaks of dignity and authority and sovereignty. It speaks of courage. It speaks of victory. We remember the words when Jesus said, All power and authority has been given unto me. You see, Jesus is the lion of God who possesses all power and authority and who will come to rule and reign forever and forever. He will set up a kingdom that will never end. It will be a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy. He's the root of David. Now this speaks of both his humanity as well as his deity. It speaks of his humanity, his family line. Yet it also speaks of his eternal existence. On the earth, he's the son of David. He came from David's line. That qualifies him to be a Messiah and king. But Ruth speaks about he existed before David. David came from him because he was God. We speak about the line of the tribe of Judah and the root of David. But here, lastly, the Lamb of God. John turns, and there's not a lion there, there's a lamb. It's a little lamb that had been slain and brutalized. He's the one that is worthy to open the scroll and to rule and reign because of his sacrifice for sin and because of what he's done for you and I. You see, the Lord Jesus couldn't be the lion of judgment until first he was the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Notice four things about this lamb. The lamb of God that went to the cross for you and for me, the lamb of God that took our place and endured our punishment and shame, the Lamb of God that shed his blood and defeated and destroyed and disarmed Satan and sin and the powers of darkness. Four things about this lamb. Number one, he's standing. Slain lambs don't stand, but this one does. Why? Because the cross couldn't kill him and the grave couldn't hold him. Hallelujah. Slain at a cross, yet Jesus Christ stands today as the resurrected lamb, the triumphant lamb, the overcoming lamb, the highly exalted, forever reigning lamb of God. Standing, yet he was slain. You know, much of our attention in heaven will be paid to the one who has redeemed us. Sin had enslaved us, but Jesus has set us free. Our sins had separated us from God. But Jesus brought us back and gave us peace with God. And he reconciled us to the Father. Sin had brought a judgment. But Jesus Christ brings a merciful salvation and deliverance to those that call on his name. When Jesus Christ appears in heaven, he will still bear the marks of our redemption in his body hand and his side. He paid the penalty for our sins and you and I will rejoice throughout eternity every time we see the lamb who bore our sins on his cross. Forever, Jesus will have the wounds that he took for me and for you. That's why they sing and that's why we sing worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb. Standing, he was slain. He's a strong lamb. Seven horns refers to strength. 
He's a lamb that is not meek and mild. No, 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 not now. He's a lamb that is not feeble and weak. No, not on your life. He's not beat up, but he's a strong lamb. He's a lamb that's in control, a lamb that is worthy and ready to return and reclaim creation and overthrow evil in every form. He's a searching lamb. Seven eyes speaks of the way of saying he sees all things and he knows all things. And his judgments are perfect and nothing escapes the notice of the Lamb of God. Notice that the worthy one is both a lamb and a lion. He came as a lamb that he might die for us. He will return as a lion that he will rule the earth forevermore. As a lamb, he is savior. As a lion, he is sovereign. As a lamb, he was judged. As a lion, he will do the judging. And we worship him because of who he is. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. The worthy one, the conqueror of God, the redeemer, the reconciler. The Lord Jesus Christ, we thank the Lord. We bless him. We worship him for who he is. We worship him because of where he is. Verse 6 tells us he's in the center of it all. He is ascended and he is exalted and he is in heaven. He's been given a place, a position that is preeminent above all. He's esteemed and given a name that is above every name an authority above every other authority, and none can compare with him. Notice he's in heaven. He's not in the tomb. He's not in a manger. He's not on a cross. He's not in a museum or a mausoleum. He's alive, and all attention is on him. He's in the center. He's in the midst. He's at the throne. And we worship the living, reigning Son of God. No statues need to apply. We serve the one that rose again and lives forevermore. We worship the living, reigning Son of God. Heaven bows, heaven praises, heaven trembles before Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Let me just pause a little bit quickly and move on. Never ever put Jesus on the same line or same level as any man, any angel, any religious teacher, any so-called prophet or saint. That's blasphemy, that's irreverent, that's contemptuous towards the Almighty. Only Jesus is worthy of men's praise and worship and devotion. He alone is the way to salvation. He alone is the ruler of God's creation. He's the redeemer of our lives. He is Savior. He is Lord. He's the soon coming King and Judge. And He's the only way to the Father. Amen? We worship Him because of who He is. He's the Lion and He's the Lamb. He's the worthy one. He's Lord of all. We worship Him because of where He is. He's in heaven, exalted, esteemed above all others. The Bible says it's coming a day where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Make sure Jesus has first place in your life. Make sure Jesus has first place in your home. Make sure Jesus has first place in your church. Come on, say amen. We worship him because of what he does. What he does. Verses 8 through 10 says he purchased men with his blood. He makes us kings and priests. And he allows us to reign with him forever and forever 
in a kingdom that will never end. Look at verses 8 through 10, if you would. And the Bible says that when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. It's good to humble yourself before the Lord. It's good to humble. I said it's good to humble yourself before the Lord. Bow your heart. He's Lord. Amen. I know some got it confused. They think they're Lord and he's the bellhop. No, no. No, he's Lord. He's worthy of our praise and our devotion and our surrender. Someone says, I don't like that. Well, it's all right. You don't go to heaven that way. That's how it goes. You don't get to choose. There's not a buffet. Isn't that right? There's not a buffet. The lamb, the lamb, the lamb, the lamb is worthy. He's awesome. Hallelujah. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowl full of incense. And those are the prayers of God's people. And verse 9 says they sang a new song. They sang. Do you like singing? If you don't, you better ask God to help you because you'll be out of place in heaven. God is singing. They said they sang in heaven. Did I read that right? Am I reading, your, am I re- reading right? I wouldn't try to put one over on you, would I? No, that's why you got a Bible out, don't you? Check them preachers. Check them preachers. Amen? You check those Sunday school teachers. Get out that Bible. Make sure they're telling you what it says. They sang a new song saying, you are worthy. Jesus is worthy. Nothing else really matters compared to him. He's worthy. Opened its seals because you were slain and with your blood, the blood, the blood, the blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. When the Lamb came on the scene and took the scroll, the weeping ended and the praise began. What an awesome sight that would be. Says they sang a new song. What kind of song does heaven sing? Gotta think about that. <laughs> Number one, they sang a worship song. It started out with, Thou art worthy. That's called worship. Verses 9 and verse 12, worthy. Worthy. Verse 13 talks about glory and honor. That's why sometimes you just got to shout glory. Amen. A worship song. Worship means to ascribe worth. And Jesus alone is worthy of our worship, of our praise, of our adoration, of our devotion, of our priority. He's deserving of our lives. Before anything else, Let's honor, let's praise, let's lift up and glorify Jesus Christ, the King of kings. Let's love the Lord, and let's express that love. In heaven, they sing songs that are worship songs, songs that adore and ascribe worth, wonderful, awesome, holy is our God. But it's also a gospel song. But it goes on to say that, and you were slain, and with your blood you redeemed, or you purchased men from God. Verse 6 speaks about a land that was violently slain. But heaven sings boldly and loudly and unashamedly, appreciatively, about the cross and about the blood of Jesus Christ. Do, do you know, some might, do you know there's actually some denominations that have so drifted away from the truth of the Bible 
that have been so misguided and misled by their leadership that their hymn books have taken out every song that has blood in it. I assure you, that hymn book will not be used in heaven. And I assure you, that theology won't get you into heaven. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Oh, no. Oh, my. Gospel song. We sing about the blood. We sing about the blood. Oh, would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in that blood. Power in that blood. Would you over evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes us white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's no other way to get to heaven outside of the blood of Jesus. Going through the cross of Calvary. Oh, my, my, my. See, friend, it costs God a great price to save you and I. Don't ever take forgiveness lightly. It costs God greatly that you and I could be forgiven. With other miracles, he just spoke the word and the world came into order. Other miracles, he just anointed a human vessel and they led the charge. But to save you and I, God's only begotten son had to go to a cruel, rugged cross and endure shame and punishment and the wrath of God because of you and because of me. Let us never take forgiveness lightly. Let us always be greatly appreciative of the cross of Calvary and the blood that was shed to save us and to rescue us from what we deserve. Somebody say amen. What kind of songs did they sing in heaven? They worship him. They love to sing songs about the worthiness and the holiness and the greatness of the true and living God. But their gospel songs, they sing about the blood. They rejoice and are overjoyed about how that blood saves us and rescues us and purchases us. Some of us are so gone and so out of touch and out of whack. But as far as we were, that blood and the power of that blood and that amazing grace was able to reach us and awaken us and lift us up and make us whole. Oh, glory be to God for the blood of the Lamb. They sing missionary songs in heaven, evangelistic songs. You see, God is still not willing that any should perish. But verse 9 says, From every tribe and every language and every people and every nation, for God so loved the world, He wants all men to be saved. He wants all to join this great choir of the redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. He wants people from every nation and every background, every ethnicity to join in this great choir to praise the one who is worthy and wonderful and holy and awesome and good. Can you say amen? Oh, yes. Let's do our part. First we worship, then we witness. First we come in God's house and we glorify and praise his holy name. Receive the nutrition of his word and then go out and tell this world about this great God and this wonderful Savior. His name is Jesus. Devotional songs. Verse 10. 
announces our unique position in Christ. It speaks of what God has done and plans to do. You belong to Jesus. God's got plans for you. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. God has plans to work in us and through us who believe. He's making us a kingdom of priests. How did Peter say it? But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God that you might declare his praises. Mm, 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 mm. We have a great and exciting future for them that love the Lord. It was a devotional song announcing what God has done for us, the position God has now granted us. Can you imagine that? Some were so lost, but now we are kings and priests unto God. Some were so vile, but now we are sons and daughters of God. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, it's a prophetic hymn. Verse 10 speaks about, and they will reign, and they will reign, and they will reign. And there's another world coming. When Jesus returns to the earth, he will establish his righteous kingdom, and we shall reign with him. We pray thy kingdom come. His kingdom is coming. It shall come, and it will be glorious. And you and I that love the Lord, we're going to be a part of it forever and forever and forever. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Mm. Oh, worthy. Worthy is the Lamb. We who know the Lord should always be faithful to express our praise and our honor and our thanksgiving. We should never take lightly or for granted how good He's been, how compassionate and full of mercy and grace God has been to each one of us. We shall never forget the price that He had to pay so that you and I could know Him, so that you and I could have an assurance of sins forgiven and heaven being our home. If you don't know Jesus, then you need to receive Him today. If you don't know personally the one we've been talking about and shouting about, if you don't know the one heaven is at the center that all heaven worships as worthy, you need to come. You need to give him your life. You need to start to take that step to believe and receive and accept Christ and give your life to Christ so that you can join heaven's choir. So you'll, find, you'll understand then what they're shouting about and what they're excited about. And what they're singing about. Now listen, after after we got, we're going to do a baptism. Praise God. After I pray, let's just spend a few minutes just, just singing and worshiping the lovely Lord Jesus. Do you love Jesus? I talked to one brother. He's so thankful for the goodness of God. He said, sometimes I just wish I, I, I could, he'd come down so I could hug him. You ever feel that way about Jesus? When you start thinking about how good he's been, how messed up we were. I don't know about you, I was a mess. How messed up we were. But oh, mercy there was great and grace was free. And now he found us. And most of us weren't even looking for him. But he found us. And now he accepted us. And now he loved us. And when we messed up along the way, he didn't just disown us. But he gave us that second chance and that third chance. Amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lord, Jesus is wonderful. Jesus is worthy. Can you say amen to that? 
Oh, yeah, he's wonderful. He's worthy, brother. And so, uh, you know, we're going to have the baptism. So if you need prayer, Brother Gary is going to be down here to minister. If you need prayer, if you'd like to come and pray. But if not, can we just give it some time and just let's just focus on the Lord Jesus and uh, just praise him and honor him and just exalt him. Tell him how much we love him, just like we will in heaven. Are we attractive for heaven? Is that all right? Can we, we take the rest? I, I cut you out early. Look, I give you 10 extra minutes. Amen. I, I threw out some things. Today. I threw out a few stories here just so I could give you less time. Can, can, can we just, can we, anyone want practice for heaven? Let's just worship the Lord. Let's just open up our hearts and our mouths and say, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. Lamb of God, you are worthy. Thank you that you shed your blood for me. Thank you that your forgiveness applies for me. Thank you, Lord, that you've kept me through all those dangers, toils, and snares. You've been faithful to me. You've been good to me. Can we do that? Can we do that? We pray, and then we're going to sing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for a great salvation. Lord Jesus, you are so worthy. We thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your precious blood to redeem us. You purchase us that we might forever belong to you. Receive our praise this morning. And let this expression of our love please you and bless you. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. Receive our song right now. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, if you're able to stand, why don't you stand and sing, let's bless the Lord and let's worship him. Just tell Jesus you love him. Tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 